dumbbell, cat's eye, butterfly, Eskimo, helix, ant, stingray. What do these words have in common? They are all colloquial names of planetary nebulae, enormous clouds of dust and gas that actually have nothing to do with planets, but instead are created from the deaths of stars similar to our sun. Planetary nebulae are beautiful, colorful, and dynamic. And just as children lie on the ground looking for familiar shapes in the clouds, astronomers have named these galactic clouds for the objects they bring to mind. But what caused these shapes? Why do certain planetary nebulae resemble a dumbbell or a cat's eye? Research by Lynn Matthews from MIT Haystack Observatory and her colleagues is providing some insight into these questions. Says Dr. Matthews, What we're trying to do is catch stars in the phase just before they become planetary nebulae in hopes of getting new clues as to how that transition process unfolds. The formation of a planetary nebula begins when a stellar wind ejects the outermost layers of a dying star during an evolutionary phase known as the asymptotic giant branch, or AGB. AGB stars are red giants that lose mass at a rate up to 10 billion times higher than our sun. As a result of their mass loss, AGB stars become surrounded by enormous circumstellar envelopes of gas and dust that can span more than several light years across. As the star continues to evolve, it eventually expels all of its outer layers, leaving behind a hot core, the progenitor of an object called a white dwarf. The ultraviolet radiation from this hot stellar remnant ionizes the gas surrounding it, allowing us to see in visible light the intricate structures that we associate with planetary nebulae. The origin of these complex shapes has been a long-standing puzzle. One reason they're so puzzling is that the precursors of planetary nebulae, AGB stars, are generally thought to be spherical and losing mass through spherically symmetric outflows. But new evidence shows that this is not always the case. To investigate the cause of the diverse shapes of planetary nebulae, Matthews and her colleagues have been studying AGB stars and their ejecta not at optical wavelengths, but using radio telescopes. The reason is that before the AGB star becomes a white dwarf, the surrounding gas is so cool that it is typically only visible through its radio wavelength emissions. By observing at radio wavelengths, we have the ability to see what is effectively an archaeological record of the mass loss history of a star while it's still a red giant. So in this way, we can look for early clues to whatever processes are ultimately leading to the complex shapes that we see in so many planetary nebulae. In 2007, Matthews led a team that used the Very Large Array in New Mexico to observe several aging red giants, including one known as R.S. Cancri. Looking at the radio emission that arises from atoms of neutral hydrogen in the stellar wind and circumstellar ejecta, Matthew's team discovered that R.S. Cancri is not spherical, but actually has a head and a tail, similar to a comet. The tail formed from stellar wind material that was swept back as the star moved at high speed through the galaxy. 
However, the head, or the nebula of gas surrounding the star, also appeared to be stretched in a way that could not be explained by the star's motion. This was confirmed with new higher resolution observations in 2013. Insight into the cause of this unexpected shape began to emerge from a pair of recent studies when Matthews joined efforts with a team based in France to study R.S. Cancri, this time using shorter wavelength radio waves emitted by carbon monoxide molecules. Carbon monoxide, or CO, is one of the most common molecules in the gas surrounding AGB stars. While CO is perhaps more familiar as a deadly gas if breathed by humans, the CO exhaled by aging stars is particularly valuable to astronomers because it provides a tracer of the stellar wind close to where it is leaving the stellar surface. When observed with high resolution, CO provides a picture of the distribution and motions of gas near the star. Using the Plateau de Burr interferometer in France and the IRAM 30-meter antenna in Spain, Matthew's colleague Do T. Huai, a graduate student at the Paris Observatory and the University of Hanoi, recently led a study that produced an exquisitely detailed map of the carbon monoxide surrounding R.S. Cancri. We imagine stars as simple spheres, but from our observation of CO surrounding R.S. Cancri, we see that the outflow from the particular star is clearly not spherically symmetric. We observe that the wind at the poles of the star is actually four times faster than the wind at the equator. What makes this finding even more interesting is that it is happening while the star is still a red giant. The discovery of this bipolar outflow from R.S. Cancri explains the elongated shape previously seen in the atomic hydrogen gas as well. The atomic hydrogen is tracing an extension of the same bipolar outflow as seen in CO. However, the composition of the outflow changes with distance from the star. So it is only by observing both hydrogen and CO that we get a complete picture. But there is still a question. What causes the wind from R.S. Cancri to take this shape? Either stellar rotation or magnetic fields could be candidates for shaping the stellar wind. However, these scenarios predict certain patterns of gas motions and density changes in the outflow that are inconsistent with the team's observations, seemingly ruling out both explanations. Another candidate for the sculpting of the wind could be a companion star. Dr. Thibault Lebertre from the Observatory of Paris explains. The gravitational pull of an orbiting close-in companion could certainly influence the geometry of the outflow from RS Cancri. So far, from our existing data, we have not found any trace of a companion star. However, searches like this are very tricky, because a small dim companion can be easily lost in the glare of the bright emission from the red giant itself. The team would therefore not be surprised if future ultra-high-resolution observations were to reveal a companion star. Discovery of a companion to Aris Cancri would definitely be exciting, since this would give us a viable explanation as to why the outflow from this star has this complex structure that is not commonly seen in AGB stars. 
For years, some scientists have argued that planetary nebulae might only form around stars that have a binary companion, but it has been difficult to gather the data that we really need to test this idea. Either way, Matthews emphasizes that it will be crucial to observe a larger sample of stars before any general conclusions can be drawn. Our study of Aris Cancri highlights the power of radio observations for providing new insights into the late stages of stellar evolution. What made our study uniquely powerful is that it was the first to combine detailed observations of both the atomic and the molecular gas in a single star. This enabled us to build a far more detailed picture than would have been possible from observing either tracer alone. The next step is now to apply this technique to studying other AGB stars. Matthews and her colleagues have recently gathered radio data for additional AGB stars and expect that these data will continue to help unlock the mystery of the final stages in the lives of stars like our sun.